0: Hey, Vanessa.
1: Hey, Michael.
0: I bet you can't guess what grinds my gears this week.
1: Working out for three years and not losing any weight?
0: No, that's not where I was going to go, but thanks for bringing up a sore subject.
1: Well, you've been Sir Crabby Patty all day.
0: No, what I was going to say is people who are more than willing to say negatives but won't talk about the positives... They're more than willing to go and yelp and say something bad about somebody or something. Right. But won't ever apologize. And I have to apologize. Why? Because a couple years ago, we were flying out of Muskegon. Uh-huh. And we arrived within a window of time that we had arrived before and flown out. Okay. But we were going to Canada and... And the person behind the counter said, well, you can't hear this with this close to the takeoff time. It's an international flight. Well, excuse oh, yeah. me. I didn't know we had an international terminal out of Muskegon International. Uh-huh. So I was very upset with him.
1: Yes, you were. And How- in fact, you spent an hour on the phone with United because of it.
0: However, I have to say this. We were taking off before the big um, ice storm we had a little while ago here. And he called our office, a airline employee from United out of Muskegon airport called our office to tell us that if we didn't get out that day, that they would, they were willing to bump us up to an earlier flight a day earlier at no cost, because if we didn't get out that night, they didn't think we'd get out for a few days. Right. And I'm extremely impressed and grateful, happy. Um... They deserve tons of accolades.
1: And you still haven't done it yet.
0: I'm doing it right now. (laughs) What do
1: you call this? Go on United's website and do it.
0: I will. I'll do more. But I thought this was a public affirmation on how thankful I am for the people, the hardworking people at Muskegon Airport. I love our little airport, but I thought, you know what? If I was willing to say something negative, you have to be willing to say something positive. And we don't do that often enough in
2: this culture. Absolutely. Welcome to Fireproof Your Retirement, a show with 30 minutes of real questions, real concepts, and real answers. Your hosts are Michael and Vanessa Markey, a husband and wife duel with a playful on-air dynamic and common sense approach toward teaching listeners how to take control of their finances. Michael is the numbers and strategies guy who is passionate about solving financial issues. The standard deviation, I mean, i talk about standard deviation as well, but they talk about the the beta, the alpha, the standard deviation of the particular uh, mutual fund allocation that we're looking at. Vanessa is the down-to-earth voice of reason, pulling his reins in.
1: Okay, but your $5,000 couch isn't going to turn around and pay for something if you have a catastrophic event.
2: This philosophy has led Michael and his firm, Legacy Financial Network, to receive national recognition from being named one of the 10 most innovative agencies in the country by AM Best, to being deemed a local celebrity from Insurance Newsnet Magazine, and a hero to the insurance industry from Life Health Pro. He has even been given the Moving America Forward Award from William Shatner. And now, here are your hosts, Michael and Vanessa Markey. Welcome everyone, I am your host, Michael Markey,
0: with me as she is each and every week, the sassy, the... I would rather be someplace warm and get burnt really fast, even though people think I'm Italian, but I'm really not. Beautiful wife, Vanessa. One time. What do you mean, one time? One time what?
1: The burning. You've been burnt more
0: than once.
1: Anyway, I'm glad that you just like to point it out to everybody. Thank you.
0: (laughs) Today, we are going to talk about some of our most favorite subjects. Mm -hmm. Student loans. Millennials.
1: And I'm just going to tell you planning. right now, we're not talking about student loans in the way that you think we're talking about them.
0: What way do you think they think we're thinking that they think we're talking about them?
1: That it's this horrible pandemic and everybody's mm. going to die because it's of it. an
0: epidemic that we're facing. No, yeah. Nope. no, uh-uh. no. Nope. Self-accountability. Now we're going to talk about self-accountability, but one of the, the themes today is really about planning mm-hmm. and having a plan. That's why maybe somebody brought up well, what are you mad at? Not losing weight over three years? It's about having goals and accountability of those goals. But let's start with student loans. Ugh. Dude, what?
1: I am just so sick and tired of people complaining about student loans. Why? Because nobody held a gun to your head and said, you have to go to college and you have to take on this debt and you have to do this and you have to do that. And then... Everybody's complaining about, I'm so in debt, meh, meh, meh. I'm sorry. If you would have spent more time on a Friday night studying and figuring out what you want to do with your life instead of drinking beer, you might not have this big of a problem.
0: Well, it's So we were watching... All right. First of all, we were attending a conference and they brought up the pandemic. The epidemic we're facing as a country. You don't know what these young people are going through. Yes, student loans are loans. Right. But... I think a lot of this. Well, who cares? What I was going to say. I think some of this is politically motivated. I don't think it matters what motivations behind it. I'm going to go. We're going to do the math with you. I'm also going to say this. When we talk about millennials, and we'll play a couple of clips here. You know, people have this bad, um, negative impression of millennials, and yet the conversations we're having about student loans reinforce those behaviors. Well, but they
1: cater to them.
0: Let's bring up this example. So it's on NBC. And it's about an individual.
2: Too much in student loans. Wood wanted to study music in college. He borrowed 41
0: 41- Okay, first of all, don't borrow money to study music. You can study music for free. It's called YouTube. Oh, Sorry, Denny, oh, mu- music major. You just
1: made Lori mad. Did I? Yeah, you sure did.
0: Well, <laughs> oops. $1,000 in private loans from Navian then known as Sally Mae. But all after right, so- his dad died. I messed up there. I cut it off. He has forty one thousand in student loan debt. Average student loan debt out right there right now is twenty five thousand. That's it. That's it. Because most don't graduate. For somebody who's graduated, thirty. That's it. Well, not everyone went to Hope.
1: Well, I, I mean, I'm just I'm saying people are complaining about that small amount. I walked out of the, my four year degree with sixty eight grand. Well,
0: Lottie, Missus, slap
1: that one on the table.
0: Yeah, nice work, Missus Vanderbilt. And am I complaining about it? Yes. No he could no longer afford to pay when his interest rate jumped to as high as 21%. I did everything. So that is abnormal. We talk Correct. to people all the time. 21%. Yes, that is almost usury, but it's what it is. I'm guessing there was some defaults in there. And then what this does, they talk about the 21%. You're not going to be able to see it because you're listening. But then they show um, his statement, and two out of the four loans are at seven and quarter
2: percent But let's keep playing this. Everything I could to make good on my end of the of the bargain.
0: Navient recommended he stop paying temporarily, called forbearance. Portwood says he was not told that interest would still pile up. What was originally a $41,000 loan has ballooned to $127,000.
2: i Just to beat myself up, you know, you know why didn't you ask more questions? And I just didn't know.
0: Navient right. declined to comment on his <laughs> This is what gets me. Mhm. I mean, maybe I should have said, you know what grounds my gears stupidity and then all right back up time out throw the flag am i saying he's stupid no no he's making stupid choices that not even that i'm okay with the forbearance
1: no i'm not talking about the forbearance thing i'm talking about he ignored it when he stopped paying it
0: right it's the i should have asked more questions no you should have opened up your account statement
1: right you get one per every month and when you sign a forbearance paperwork piece of paper or go through the list, it tells you it still accumulates interest. It's right there on the front of the piece of paper.
0: I'm good with saying he didn't realize it. What I'm not good with is that we're now saying, well, it's like this woe is me. Well I'm just I'm disappointed in myself. It's like when you interview somebody, you say, what's your biggest strength? I work too well my biggest strength or my weakness is that I just work too hard. I care too much. So you know it's sound it's like a negative that sounds good. Right. Right. And so, well, I just, I'm, I'm beating myself up, or I used to, uh, until I spent about 20000 in psychological help. I really, be- <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I, I was beating myself up um, <laughs> over that. I just didn't ask enough questions. No, you should beat yourself up that you didn't open up your account statement. Right. You know, and so here, here's why, what I mean by that this is just reinforcing what people think of millennials. Here was a quick thing on CNBC.
1: Quick, what's the first word that comes to mind when you think millennials? Hashtag lazy? Yeah, we've heard that before. Along with entitled, self-absorbed, and social media addicts, the list goes on. But are we really that bad?
0: Um, first of all, the first thing I think of isn't hashtag anything.
1: Right. (laughs) I'm just gonna let you all know it was a pound sign before it was a hashtag.
0: And it was a tic-tac-toe sign before it was even a pound sign. (laughs) Anyways. So I mean it's reinforcing because we say, hey, we don't like this generation. They're too self-absorbed. They're too entitled. Right. And then the generation before us says what?
1: It's not fair that they have all these student loans.
0: Here's what Simon Sinek says about millennials.
2: The generation that we call the millennials, too many of them grew up... um, Subject to not my words failed parenting strategies.
0: You should see his facial expression there It's one of those like I'm gonna say it, but oh, I'm not gonna say it And then right. it's like I'm surprised that I'm even saying it facial expression. Yes,
2: you know Where for example they were told that they were special all the time They were told that they can have
0: they told me I was so special They put me on my own bus
2: anything they want to like just because they want it Right? They were told um, uh, some of them got into um, honors classes not because they deserved it, but because their parents complained. Well, and some of them got A's not because they earned them, but because the teachers didn't want to deal with the parents. Hey,
0: I was going to go on further, but let me just stop it there. Um, we don't have a ton of time before our break. But I remember when I moved to this side of the state mm-hmm. and I was listening to the radio and a mom calls in and she's complaining because she said her straight A honor student had gotten his first B+. Okay. And it was in, I believe it was called Zero Hour, which was a study hall. Okay. And it only had a few requirements. Requirement number one, you show up on time. Okay. Or son didn't have a problem with that. Number two, you show up with work to do. Right. He did. Number three, you show up with a pencil. There were three requirements. He met two. The third one, he kept showing up with a pen. And she was mad that he got a B plus because he couldn't follow three simple directions right golly so I know we sound wound up about this but I I am with you we were at this conference and they're talking about the epidemic that faces people our age and they can't buy houses like they should if we listened to the rest of that interview with that, that guy earlier he would have talked about he goes like you know this affects me and the the host goes well how does it affect you He goes. I can't do what adults are supposed to do. She goes, like what? I'm not able to buy a house.
1: Okay, but you took a loan that was at $41,000 and let it escalate because you ignored it.
0: I'm not able to buy a car like I would want to.
1: Again, you ignored
0: something. And so we take these behaviors that we associate with millennials Mm -hmm. and we say these are... Mm, discouraging behaviors, behaviors we don't like, right. ones we would like to see gone. Mm-hmm. And then we reinforce them by saying they were preyed upon. Right. They, they've got this epidemic. It's so unfair that they have to pay back the college that they went to. Right. I'm going to tell you right now, we do the math and it doesn't affect it that much. We did the math and we're going to share that math with you when we return. Let's take a quick break.
2: Mike Markey is full of information, but as you probably already know, he gets so excited to give out that information that he speaks at about 900 words per minute with gusts up to 1300. Now's your chance to get that information at your own pace. Mike has written a book called Fireproof Your Retirement, which can be found on Amazon. It covers many of the same topics we covered during the show, including income planning, asset allocation, gifting, taxes, and much more. As you know, Mike is all about paying it forward. That is why 100% of the proceeds go to local fire departments. Once again, that's Fireproof Your Retirement by Michael Markey, which can be found on Amazon.com.
1: And now back to Fireproof Your Retirement with Mike and Vanessa Markey. Welcome back, everyone, to segment two of Fireproof Your Retirement. I hope we don't get as uh, riled up as we were there in segment one, but who knows? Because this subject really makes me
0: angry. You know, it makes us angry because...
1: People don't take responsibility for themselves.
0: I think that's what it is. I'm
1: sorry, but if you go out and you buy a $100,000 car... And then in three or four years, because the interest rate's up there, I mean, the interest rate isn't going to change, then sit there and go, well, I can't pay for this. That was a choice that you made. Right. For crying out loud, you could have gone and bought a $15,000 car, but you had to be flashy.
0: And I think it's because of our age that we, you know, it's not, well, we were fine, so why Why isn't everybody else? No, no, no. No, I'm
1: not fine. I pay a ridiculous amount of money back towards my student loans, but it's nobody else's responsibility
0: but my own. And when I graduated, I had to use the forbearance, and there right. were times that I didn't want to make that payment. And there were times, you know, there were changes, and there was harder times. I get all that. But it's, I think, more of um, the different people we speak to because we're going to get these conversations from people our age. Mm -hmm. I'll be like, well, you're off your rocker. Well, why? Well, first of all, I'm too young. I don't use a rocker. (laughs) Secondly, why? (laughs) Well, even my parents said it's unfair. Oh,
1: great. Great. So mommy and daddy have (coughs) continued to coddle you into thinking that everything you do is not fair.
0: I bet they gave you a participation trophy as well.
1: And let you keep your pacifier until you're All 10. right.
0: All right. So let's, <laughs> let's get into the math. So let's use an average loan amount of 200000 For For? Um, a house. Good. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. So let's say, because they say, well, it's affected me. I can't do these adult things like buy a house. So a $200,000 mortgage, I think that's fair in our area.
1: I think it's fair. I mean actually to be honest I think it's even a little bit higher but since it's an even number we'll use that.
0: And I already did the math so we're right. going to use it. <laughs> um let's go with a 5% down payment. 10 okay. grand down. Okay. Fair enough? Yep. Interest rate of 5%, which is mm-hmm. high. Yep. So that puts a bias towards if the interest rates are better the effect on the student loan would be um less impactful. Correct. Okay. Property taxes of 1.5% of the property value. Okay. So that'd be $3,000 a year. Mm-hmm. Okay. Non-mortgage debt. So this would be somebody, the first example I'm going to do is somebody without these horrific student, student loans.
1: loans. So Non-mortgage, credit cards, auto, co- auto payments, yeah,
0: Non-mortgage debt of $700 per month. Mm-hmm. Estimated mortgage payment is a thousand seventy-four. We add mortgage insurance because I only had them putting five percent down. And we put in taxes mm-hmm. and as well as the I believe this includes the um the non-mortgage debt okay. would be about twenty two hundred. Okay. The required monthly income to take on this two hundred thousand dollar home would be five thousand two hundred and sixty four dollars a year. That's I, 63 oh, I'm sorry. $5,264 a month. Okay. 63,000 <laughs> a year. Okay. As a couple, right. married couple.
1: So, which is right around 30 grand a we year. We were at
0: Hobby Lobby today. Hobby Lobby pay starts at for full-time $15.70. I did it in my head at $16 an hour times 40 hours is $320 uh, or $640 every week. Times okay. 50 weeks it's 32,000.
1: Right, so, so you can go you, work at Hobby Lobby. But,
0: yeah, full husband time. and wife, full time at Hobby Lobby. Yep, nothing bad. I like Hobby Lobby. It was fun. It was cool. Yeah. They had train stuff. Awesome, but doable. He right, just
1: spent my retirement on train stuff, people.
0: Anyway, sixty-four grand. Now let's add in. So we said the average student loan debt was twenty-five thousand. That's for people mm-hmm. not graduating. Right, thirty thousand for people graduating. Okay, and the average payment at twenty-five thousand was two hundred and fifty. I'm gonna call it three hundred on. Th- a dollars a month, three hundred on okay. thirty thousand. Yep. Follow me? Yep. Ten dollars for every thousand. Yep. All right.
1: So you have both husband and wife and they With each debt. have a yes. set of student loans.
0: Three hundred or thirty thousand each. Correct. They didn't go to hope.
1: <laughs> no, they didn't, because then they would each have. <laughs> so desired
0: mortgage two hundred thousand, down payment again of ten thousand, interest rate of five percent. Okay, thirty year mortgage, everything the same, property taxes, non mortgage debt bumps up from seven hundred up to thirteen hundred. Okay. Okay. You now have to have eighty thousand of income. You went from sixty four to eighty.
1: So that's an extra sixteen grand sixty four to eighty.
0: okay? It's not a huge difference.
1: No, it's not monumental,
0: but but Mike, you can't just choose what you're gonna pay. All right, I agree. I'm with you. So what would it look like then? Um, how much income would you have to have to get it kind of the same thing? I just changed one number, so now I got to change another number. But what size house could you afford? Okay, now mm-hmm. it, it's not this equal because, by the way, when having that extra debt, this isn't a how much can you afford calculator. This is just kind of saying um, how much income based on FHA. You know, it, it gives us a starting point, a reference right. point. Yeah. The two hundred thousand dollar house becomes one hundred and thirty-five. Okay. Every, everything else, all else equal to have, this shows me about $66,000 of income. Okay. Really, really close, right? Right. And I can move something. I can move another thing. Hey, the reality is this. I get Well, that's a $200,000. Now it's one hundred and thirty-five. dollars I can also move the numbers though and get it up to one hundred and fifty. dollars As in, don't have any credit card debt. Right. Don't have a car payment. You know, the average car payment out there right now is $400. That's a lot. So... I could bring that down. You could say, well, you can now have student loan debt, but you got to drive a car that's not very cool to drive. Right. You've got to go maybe go drive a, a grandma car.
1: Right. Which actually, now that we're having this conversation, I'm thinking of something. We were at another one of your conferences. Mm-hmm. and I think we were on a shuttle bus to go somewhere for something. And the couple in front of us was talking to the couple across the aisle from them about their son. Who lives in their basement because he has a lot of student loan debt. But guess what? He went out and brought a, bought a brand new Cadillac. Yeah. I'm sorry, but if your son lives in your basement and it's because of his student loans, he shouldn't be going out and buying a brand new Cadillac and you shouldn't be okay with that.
0: The reality is this. So if, and one of the reasons we're doing this, this segment, a lot of people I meet go, Mike, I want to... I want to pay for my kids' college. And and I'm not going to tell you that's the wrong thing. It's your money. It's your life. At the end, money has no meaning, only purpose to spend it or give it. Right. That's it. But here's the thing. You can can finance college. Mm -hmm. You can't finance your retirement. Right. We can pay off college over 20 years. You can't pay off retirement over 20. Right. And I believe this. I know your kids are going to be smartest, and they're going to be the greatest kids ever. Yep. But if you if they walk out of college without that sixty thousand as a couple of mm-hmm. student loan debt, what's the likelihood that they're still going? Because you want to put them on a better foundation, financial foundation, right? That's right. the whole reason you don't want them to have that payment. Right? Is it likely if the kid with if the couple with sixty thousand dollars of student loan debt has to only buy a hundred and forty thousand dollar house?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: If they don't have that sixty thousand um, dollar student loan debt.
1: They're probably going to go buy a more expensive house.
0: Is it likely that they do? Yes. What's the difference then? A $140,000 house with $60,000 of student loan debt versus a $200,000 house with zero student loan debt. Right. There is a big difference. Student loans are generally paid off over 10 years. Houses over 30. Right. Student loan debt includes forbearance. Your income goes down low enough. They allow you to stop making those payments. You should still make the interest payment. Right. Right. Houses don't do that. There's another difference. Student loan debt allows you to pay, have your payment structured as a percentage of your income.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Houses don't do that.
1: Right. It's this is what your payment is. And if you don't make said payment, you're screwed.
0: And we're running, you know, you know, we, we went over there and so I don't have enough time for the um for a commercial. So let's just keep going. So the, the point. So one of the things that we'll direct a lot of clients into, they'll go, well, Mike, should I put it into a five twenty nine? There's some tax advantages of 529s. So I'm going to tell you something I think's better. Mm-hmm. A 529, the whole purpose for it is that the money grows tax-free,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and so you can take it out the growth tax-free. There's not a huge tax advantage to putting it in there. It can be deductible at the state level, but that's the smaller of state and federal. Right. If you're not fully funding your Roth IRA, and you want to help chip in for kids' college. Why not put it into a Roth IRA? A Roth IRA, all the growth is still 100% tax-free. A Roth IRA you could take out for things other than...
1: Student loans. Well,
0: college College, expenses. And now also K-12. through Right. What if, what if, instead of paying for kids' college, you make them do it? They work more then, probably, I would think. I think they take it a little bit more seriously. Mm -hmm. You help them out with some groceries, maybe some living expenses. But when they graduate, and they buy their first house, then upon making that first payment, you say, "Hey, Junior, what, Dad? <laughs> who's your mortgage through? What's none of your business? I'm gonna make your first mortgage payment. In fact, you know I had put 60 grand away for your schooling. Schooling. Mm-hmm. You've now got that debt because I didn't chip in. But I'm proud of you. And what we're gonna do is we're gonna make your mom and I." We're going to make a $15,000 payment on your mortgage this month, mm-hmm. which means you don't need to make the regular payment. And you just got married, so I want you to take you know, yourself and, I don't know, I, I don't have a name, Betsy.
1: That's <laughs> okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> why don't you take that $1,300 mortgage payment that you don't have to make, and why don't you guys go for a long weekend somewhere? Right. Go see a baseball game. Go see a football game. Go do something fun. Mm-hmm. And then the next year, you do it again. And next year, and the next year. And you've paid $60,000 then in principal payments on that $150,000 house. What'd you just knock off? Probably 13 to 15 years of payments. And you know what's cool about that? Their payment is still locked in. Right. It's still, you know, just because you made all those principal payments doesn't mean that suddenly they don't, you know, they still have to pay that same level, which is awesome because that much more is going to principal.
1: And it still holds them accountable.
0: So I don't think that student loans are an epidemic. No. I don't think that this is preventing them from doing adult things. But if you think that millennials are lazy, self-absorbed, what were the other things they said on there? Hashtag.
1: Um, I don't remember.
0: Whatever. Hashtag fill in the blank. Yeah. Tic-tac-toe, fill in the blank. Then stop reinforcing these behaviors by saying what a plight they have. Right. So you need a coach. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, everyone goes, well, oh, maybe this is something you can do by yourself. I, I saw something that said being able to do things yourself is, is part about experience, mm-hmm. good information. And the third was prompt feedback. Right. That's the problem with losing weight. You don't get prompt feedback. Gaining 15 pounds, over, you know, didn't happen overnight. Right. It took three years. Right. So it wasn't prompt feedback to be able to say, okay, Mike, every time you go to Taco Bell and you get the bean burrito fresco style, because that's healthy, it's really not that healthy. I You know. don't get prompt feedback. Those wraps are not there's, healthy. There's nothing that tells you, you just gained one-tenth of a pound. Right. In finance, you don't get prompt feedback. Right. You know, you go, well, I'm putting in $400 a month into my 401k. That's good. But if it's not enough, you don't get prompt feedback. Right, Your credit card balances slowly creep up. That's not prompt feedback. So you need a coach. You need mm-hmm. somebody to help you. And if you've got an advisor who the only thing, they're so singularly focused on rate of return, then let me ask you, Do you think there's more to getting to retirement and having a successful retirement than rate of return? Absolutely. Wouldn't it be valid to say that spending would be important? Mm-hmm. I think we should help people spend. But spend right. in a way that doesn't, you know.
1: Spend responsibly.
0: Spend in a way that doesn't prevent them from accomplishing their goals. Right. Don't you think it would be important to talk about health care? Yes. I mean, if we break life into three categories, first category or three into thirds, first mm-hmm. third, second third, last third, isn't the last third the most likely to be the most expensive? Yes. So singular focus ignores so much. It's just, what about taxes? Right. Isn't taxes, how you get taxed on things going yeah. affect it? Or interest rates. Mm-hmm. If you've got goals and your advisor's not reviewing those goals, they just brought everything on. They got all the assets. They were so excited to bring you on, and they've never done anything again. They meet with you. They're fun. They're nice. Right. I really like my trainer. She's really nice. But I'm not, I'm no closer today than I was then. And I'll bet you people are just as frustrated with their finances as I am with my 38 inch waist now. It's not funny. If that's you. Come to one of our workshops. There's a reason our workshops are different. There's a reason we don't give you steak. There's a reason it's at a library. There's a reason we focus on Social Security. There's a reason we focus on taxes and healthcare Because I believe we need to start planning for retirement differently. Mm-hmm. We're doing it the same way we did it when people on average lived to 65. There's medical evidence that says today it's likely Most of you listening, if you're 60 today, will last to 85, if not 90. And then in 10 years, anyone living in 10 years is likely to be past 100. I don't know if I buy into that. But we're planning today the way we used to when interest rates on CDs were 8%. Right. When people lived at most five years into retirement. No kidding, retirement planning was easy. Mm -hmm. Go to one of our workshops. Go online. Sign up online at LegacyFinancialNetwork.com. That's LegacyFinancialNetwork.com com or call our office. We've got great staff. They'll be happy to sign you up. 616-589-4004. 616-589-4004. Until next week, we are your hosts. We're glad you were with us. God bless.
2: This has been Fireproof Your Retirement. For more information, contact Michael J. Markey Jr. of Legacy Financial Network. Call toll-free at 855-LF-NETWORK